Meadville State Troopers currently investigating a murder at a residence on State Highway 198. That's in Randolph Township in Crawford County. State police have released the name of the victim, Shannon Whitman, 49 years old, and her 10-year-old son. The house in the 13,000 block of Bunch Road on Highway 198. State police said they were called to that scene about 10 o'clock last night after family members returned home to find the two victims. There's a uh, 2009 Lincoln MKS sedan gray and silver in color that police are looking for, apparently stolen from the scene. That's a license plate KXW5126. Police are asking that if you do find that car or see that car, to call them at the barracks. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of It's Crime Time. This is episode 27, and I wanted to start doing more cases here and there from my home state. So I chose one that I'm surprised I'd never researched more into, and I actually never even heard of before. And this happened not too long ago, so that's even more surprising that I hadn't heard of it. But this is the case of Jack Elijah Turner and the murder of his stepmother and younger half-brother. All right, everyone, it's crime time. begin, I just want to make a note that this case is kind of all over the place and I struggled to find much information about Jack's childhood and his life up until the point the crime was committed. But I did find that he was born in St. Augustine, Florida on April 28, 1998. He is the son of Scott Whitman from a previous relationship. I actually did not find the name of Jack's biological mother though. Scott and Jack eventually moved to a place called Guy's Mills in Crawford County, Pennsylvania. Scott Whitman met and married a woman named Shannon, and the two had a son together named Darren Whitman. Jack Turner lived with his family off and on and was living in Cochranton, Pennsylvania at the time of his crimes. On August 10, 2019, Jack's 10-year-old half-brother Darren borrowed his father's Scott's phone for the day as he went shopping at Topps Market and Rite Aid with his mother Shannon. Darren often borrowed his father's phone to watch YouTube videos of Fortnite as this was his favorite video game to play and his older phone could not view the videos very well on YouTube. I added this piece in here because it was in a lot of my research articles I came across and it explains why Scott had no phone on him while at work that night. Scott went to work as a nursing assistant at his 2 to 10 p.m. shift at a nursing home in Meadville. While at work, Scott had not been able to hear from his son or his wife as he did not have his phone. However, he knew that they had stopped by at his job at some point to leave him lunch in his truck for his lunch break at 6 p.m. Scott and Shannon worked at the same nursing home in Meadville, but they alternated shifts so that one of the two parents was always home with Darren. When Shannon was on a day off, her and Darren would drop Scott off something to eat for his lunch break. 
When Scott finished his shift at 10 p.m. that night, he returned home to see his wife and son. However, he noticed the home was dark upon pulling up to it, and then he realized Shannon's silver Lincoln MKS was not parked in their driveway. Where would Shannon and 10-year-old Darren have gone this late at night, he thought. When he walked up to the front door of the home, it was open and it was typically locked. Scott entered the home, which was quiet and dark. He expected Shannon to have left him some sort of note on the counter to tell him where she and Darren had went. However, there was no note. He attempted to call her, but the cordless home phone was lying on the floor uncharged. Upon walking through the home to the back sunroom, he saw his wife and their son lying on the floor, deceased with blood around them. They had died from single gunshot wounds to the head. So, since they'd been found dead, their murderer had also stolen Shannon's Lincoln. After this, the prime suspect became Scott's son, Jack Elijah Turner, although he did not live in the family home at the time. The next day on August 11th, a quick-filled gas station was robbed in the early morning hours in Mill Creek Township, Erie, Pennsylvania. The cashier was handling the money and had it out on the counter, presumably counting their drawer, maybe to close, and the suspect entered the store, holding a gun and eventually making off with $1,000. Video surveillance captured Jack near the gas pumps with Shannon's stolen Lincoln. Jack was obviously on the run, and while trying to evade being caught, he made several posts on Facebook and a strange video. One of his first posts stated, quote, I didn't kill my family, you dumb, sick pussies. I stole the vehicle. I had nothing to do with any type of homicide. Y'all just want to talk and put your names out there like you know me. Funny thing is, the majority of people slandering my fucking name are straight bitches. And I got all the bread in the world that says you run if I see you first. Don't threaten my life over social media because now it's self-defense. You mentally challenged ass pussies. Don't put your name out there thinking I killed myself already. I was shot two times without being hospitalized for false accusations. I stole the vehicle for safety. Just know there will be numerous lawsuits after proven not guilty. I plead the ghost amendment right now and will continue to go ghost until I feel safe again. And to everyone saying, oh, we spotted him. OMG, get off my dick because... I can assure you that you're still in the U.S. Stop trying to stir the dope pot because that shit's bacon soda. End quote. I apologize, but this boy cannot spell and his mouth is atrocious. <laughs> so that's how he types. On August 10th, he made a Facebook post that kind of sounded like he was threatening to commit suicide. And a few friends commented begging him to think about what he was doing. This post read... Quote, Dear family, I'm so sorry. I love you with all my heart. Stephanie Anthony, you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. You're an amazing woman and mother. Don't let anyone take advantage of you. You deserve the world. And if no one makes you feel like you're an angel, don't give your heart away. I love you so fucking much. I always have since grade school and I'll never stop loving you. I'm so sorry I did this. Stay strong. Give Lexi a kiss for me. Goodbye. End quote. And there was... 91 reactions on this post, 32 shares, and 253 comments. So, seems like he was a pretty popular dude at this point, probably because everyone thought he murdered his family, or not everyone, I should say, because there's obviously plenty of people that were on his side. And then he has a comment under this that says, Jack, don't do this, bud. 
Jack says, I wish I could take it all back. It's too late. If you say you love me, then make sure Stephanie and my daughter never go without and keep them safe for me. That's all I ask. And then there's another comment under that from, I guess, a friend that says, if you want to make sure your daughter never goes without, then think about what you're doing. You don't want another man filling that position. Do you want her calling someone else daddy? You're making a dumb decision. Think about it, bro. You're just having a bad day. He also made posts about those that had turned him in, supposedly, and had conversations with friends about his involvement. His next post reads, quote, 397 unread messages of unknown people claiming they love me, but y'all want to switch up when it's public. Just remember, I remember everything. Y'all don't think I know about the reward? Fuck out of here on that lovey-dovey shit. I've been through it all, and I've seen it all more than once. I'm deleting my account. Stay tuned. End quote. Keep talking crazy. I'm keeping tabs. Everyone knows my brother is my best friend. I would never put my hands on him, let alone blow his head off. Think about it. And those are just some of his comments that he made under that post. And then there is a message. It's screenshotted from him and one of his friends named Alicia or a family member. I'm not sure, but it's a conversation between them. I can post this conversation and these posts on the Instagram for this podcast episode, but I will try to read them. So this is Jack's message. Tell them this. I didn't kill my baby brother. I love him to death. And then the other person says, okay, I'll tell them. We didn't think you would, Jack. We didn't know what the hell was going on. And then Jack replies, I couldn't pull a trigger on him ever. He's 10 and my life. Thank you, Alicia. She says, you need a lawyer. Jack replies, post it and tag me, please, so everyone sees it. And then Alicia says, we need to be able to get you one. We have to be careful with that we have been threatened. Jack replies, so I'm not so hot. I'm literally walking around with two bullets in me over this shit. And she replies, Steph too, I'll find a way. Jack and several of his friends actually attempted to accuse Shannon's ex-husband, Donald Carlton Delancey Jr. of the murders, saying Shannon had been openly afraid of him before. But Donald actually killed Shannon's father. Therefore, he was in prison at the time of Shannon Darren's murders. So it wasn't possible that he, of course, could have killed Shannon and her son Darren because he was in prison. An unknown friend of Jack's made a post stating, quote, supposedly, according to neighbors, they did not hear gunshots until 10 p.m. Jack, Elijah, and the car were long gone before then. I'm sick of people assuming he did this. Maybe he did do it. Maybe he didn't do it. I'm just saying the stepmother's ex-husband was just released from jail three days before this situation went down. The stepmother's ex-husband was in jail for murder of Shannon's father. Jack is innocent until proven guilty. Also, isn't it strange that charges are not filed against Jack for those murders, only for taking the vehicle and robbing the gas station. Hashtag penny for your thoughts, end quote. So I read several articles about this, and some of them did say that her ex-husband was out of prison, and some said that he was still in prison. So I apologize for if there's some inaccuracy in my last statements about him being in prison still. Um... But regardless, you'll see what happens at the end of this. But even if he, if he was in prison, he obviously couldn't have done this. But 
At the time of the murders, Jack already had a warrant out for his arrest for a crime committed in 2018, proving he was violent. In September of 2018, he had threatened to kill a woman in her apartment and pled guilty in May 2019 to making terroristic threats, which was a misdemeanor charge. He then missed two of his court dates, which caused a warrant to be put out for his arrest. He had been facing a $10,000 fine and up to five years in prison. After the robbery on August 11th, two days later on August 13th, a statement was put out from the U.S. Marshals Service and St. John's County Sheriff, as many believe Jack had fled to Florida, where he was originally from, as he had family and friends still there. The statement read, Homicide POI sought. The United States Marshals Service, along with the St. John's County Sheriff's Office, are currently seeking the whereabouts of a person of interest wanted in connection with the double homicide out of Pennsylvania. The individual is identified as Jack Elijah Turner, white male, 428-1998, and resided in St. Augustine before moving to Pennsylvania. Turner is currently wanted for the theft out of Pennsylvania, but is also a person of interest in an August 10th double homicide investigation being conducted by the Pennsylvania State Police. Further, Turner is being sought for an August 11th armed robbery to a convenience store in Ohio. I have to add this here. This is Ohio, but I'm pretty positive that the convenience store that was robbed was actually in Mill Creek, Erie, Pennsylvania. The St. John's County Sheriff's Office and United States Marshals have information confirming that Turner was in St. Augustine following three apparent sightings in the past 18 hours. In all of the sightings, he was in the central portion of St. John's County in or near the St. Augustine area. Turner is known to have local connections in the area and may still be in St. John's County. If you know the whereabouts of Jack Elijah Turner, do not confront or attempt to detain him. He is considered armed and dangerous. Call 911 immediately to contact the nearest local law enforcement agency or the United States Marshal Service at 800-336-0102 should you have any information on Turner. The St. John's County Sheriff's Office had information confirming that Jack was spotted in St. Augustine at least three times while on the run, and they made a post on Facebook stating this information to the public. And I'm going to play this very short little news clip that was played on a news station in Erie, PA at the time when they were actually hunting for Jack. Meanwhile, state troopers are looking for a man in connection with a reported double murder at a residence in Randolph Township this weekend. It's news out of Crawford County this morning. State police are looking for Jack Elijah Turner in connection to the murders of 49-year-old Shannon Whitman and her 10-year-old son at their house on Butchard Road on Highway 198. State police say they were called to the scene about 10 o'clock Saturday night after family members returned home to find the two victims, a woman and a child. Police say a 2009 Lincoln MKS sedan that is gray or silver in color was stolen from the scene. The PA license plate reads KXW5126. Turner is described as a white man with dark brown hair, brown eyes, about 5 foot 11 inches tall. He has a tattoo on his right hand. He is considered to be armed and dangerous. Walk out your front door if you're going to be what you're walking into basically with all the violence going on around here so and it's that's the scary part about it it's just like this is such a nice neighborhood to live in and you wouldn't really expect something like that 
Police have asked if you have information to call Meadville State Police at 332-6911. On August 13th at 2.51 a.m., Jack posted a video to Facebook. It was dark and the only things that could be heard were crickets, heavy breathing, and footsteps. Many believed he had abandoned the stolen Lincoln. However, this had not been confirmed at the time. That same day, rumors had spread on Facebook that Jack had harmed or killed himself. However, Crawford County District Attorney Francis Schultz made a statement, quote, that would be news to us. We believe he's alive. That's why we're actively looking for him. There's absolutely zero evidence he has harmed himself, end quote. Jack somehow ended up in Charleston, West Virginia, and was awaiting a Greyhound bus to pick him up to take him to Erie, Pennsylvania. So I'm guessing he ended up in Charleston, West Virginia, because that was his Greyhound stop, and then he was to get on another Greyhound to take him to Erie. But while waiting this bus, he somehow missed it and was captured by police in West Virginia and taken to the South Central Regional Jail. During his arraignment in West Virginia, he was charged with being a fugitive for car theft. Apparently at this jail, he was very uncooperative, asking for a lawyer and acting as if he did not understand why he had been arrested. When he had been captured, a loaded 9mm semi-automatic high-point pistol was tucked into the waistband of his jeans. It was later determined this may have been the gun his girlfriend saw in the cup holder of the Lincoln he was driving her around in at 8.30 p.m. the night of the killings. On August 28th, Jack was brought back to Crawford County and placed in the Crawford County Correctional Facility on a $100,000 bond related to his charges for the theft of the car. After being arraigned by District Judge Rita Marwood of Linesville on two felony counts of homicide, a felony count of burglary, three felony counts of theft by unlawful taking, and one misdemeanor count of theft, he was returned to prison without bond. These charges were not those of the burglary of the Quickville gas station yet, but they had to do with his crimes at the Whitman home. While there, he stole Shannon's Lincoln MKS, a cigarette machine and cigarette tubes, Suboxone medication, a small gray safe, and a wrestling photograph. All of these combined, obviously minus the car, were said to have a total value of $185. Jack had a preliminary hearing on November 1st, 2019, where his father testified about finding his wife and son deceased after work on the night of August 10th. Trooper Chad Rassiter also testified about the gun found in Jack's waistband, as well as Jack's girlfriend's statements about the gun being in the cup holder of the car. Also, tests performed by the PSP crime lab in Erie were able to link the bullet found in Shannon to the 9mm found on Jack when he was caught. They say that the bullet recovered from Darren's body was too badly damaged to be tested. According to another trooper, Justin Simmons, the autopsies revealed a bruise and laceration to Shannon's face, as well as bruises to Darren's shins. So I'm guessing he somehow maybe beat Shannon to subdue her, maybe? And it sounds like he maybe kicked Darren to the ground. I'm just, I'm just guessing because obviously that I really didn't find that anywhere, but I mean, the bruises were on his shin, so that's kind of odd. Jack at first denied ever entering the home and said he had only planned to steal the car as he walked up the street to the home. So he claims that he had this robbery, I guess, planned out where he was just gonna walk up and take the car and leave. He claims he saw the car running with the door open and he hopped into it, but he changed his story when police say he posted the family's home phone number on Facebook and he made him receive calls on it between 6 to 7 p.m. 
Jack made claims that he went into the home, but no one was there yet. So he walked down the road to meet with a friend, but that friend was not available at the time. So he walked back up to the Whitman's home, this time finding the car there with the door open and running. He denied the killings. Police provided evidence that Jack's DNA was found on the tip of a cigar and a wine bottle in the home. The district attorney, Francis Schultz, issued a notice of aggravating circumstances against Jack. And the district attorney stated, quote, the purpose of the notice of aggravating circumstances is to put the defendant on notice that the Commonwealth will be seeking the death penalty against him and to provide the defendant with sufficient time and information to prepare for the sentencing hearing if the defendant is convicted of murder of the first degree and the killings of the victims. End quote. So the last I could find about Jack Turner's case was that his sentencing hearing was actually to begin in May of this year. And if he was found guilty of the murders, then he was going to, they were going to do another trial, I guess, for if he should receive life without the possibility of parole or if he should receive the death penalty. But I actually looked everywhere. I looked every article from 2020 and there's like nothing. There's only a few. And those articles are just the ones where um, it's talking about the district attorney announcing that he was going to seek the death penalty. I was unable to find anything regarding Jack's case since. So if I find out any more information, I'll keep you guys updated. Or if any of you guys find any information, definitely send it my way. I would love to follow up on this case just because it happened in my home state. And now I'm kind of interested in this because I spent a lot of time researching this and it's crazy that I had never heard of it before. Um, so yeah, that concludes this episode of It's Crime Time. If you enjoyed, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out the podcast Instagram for photos and information regarding this episode and other episodes. And subscribe on whatever podcast platform you get your podcast. Thank you.